0: We would like to be the biggest marketing software company in the world. Okay. I don't I don't mean by, you know, biggest more, more in terms of revenue, because in terms of number of people, biggest means for us having an office in every region, you know, being the market educator, market builder, or market maker in those regions. But the most important thing is we would like to do best, not in terms of donor revenue, not in terms of other stuff, in terms of providing the best value for the online marketers.
1: Now, Istanbul, um, <laughs> Is it uh, a good city in your opinion to build a business?
0: It is a good city because the investment opportunities are uh, growing very fastly. and there are not that many very big or let's say good startups which carries a, high, a huge potential. And the other thing is we have very big cost advantage compared to the rest of the Europe or the US.
1: I'm Stephen Cummins and this is part two of a three-part conversation with Hande Çilingir, CEO and co-founder of Insider. She takes us through the evolution of the company and gives us a bit of a Turkish history lesson. And she gives her perspective on work-life balance for founders. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories, and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups how did you first get product market fit with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know with, with Insider? How did mm-hmm. you find your first buyers mm-hmm. and how did you decide mm-hmm. uh, that's what we need to build.
0: Whenever we go to a market, we do three things. The first one is, uh, of course, seeing some uh, potential accounts. They should be like a big sales or small sales or you know, mid sales. So this is the f- first thing. And I, uh, I, after that, what we are doing is we are working also with other companies who operated in those regions and understand the difficulties in the market, and also we started to also do some sales or try to. Can get even get the information from the influencers, etc., and all of those informations are coming together to create our product market fit. Okay. And after that, now we have optimized it a little bit. Yes, we are also, uh, you know, uh, we are also uh, trying to, you know, catch this market product fit, my product market fit with those research. But the good thing is, after getting all of those information since it's a very major and basic needs of the online businesses we naturally found our product market fit
1: okay and you know you it sounds like whoever your competitors would be are not that big in Eastern Europe or in Asia-Pac. It sounds like first-mover advantage is very strong for you. In some countries, in in some
0: regions, yes, we have definitely a first-mover advantage. We are the market educator, we are the market influencer, we are, you know, we are the first ones who entered the market. Who
1: will be your competition in the US?
0: I think still we still we have this competition are the major competitors are you know like the big guys sales for Adobe salesforce Adobe and Oracle and the others yes. but they are clunky they are difficult to operate difficult to integrate we have also some other you know competition in the point solution sites like you know, recommendation engine or only personalization tools but I think with three things we are going to overcome the, this uh, from this, uh, you know competition because it's, they are the things which makes us unique. Mm-hmm. First of all, product innovation. Okay. Second uh, one is, uh, of course, establishing our, our own partner success teams locally. And the thing is, uh, in this sector, educating the market is important and you can only do it with B2B marketing, where you are going to utilize the content marketing. So our local marketing teams who are really, you know, in the process with our uh, founders at these relationships uh, in order to, you know, provide this, uh, you know, uh, information. So this is how we shape the things uh, from that manner.
1: Now, you're growing, you grew by about 130% over the last three years. Yeah. Um, so, uh, is you, is you, before I ask the next question, is your growth accelerating? Or is it pretty st- steady, steady mm, stage?
0: I think I can say that for the last three years it was steady. Steady. What you, what I mean with, uh, by steady? You no, know, it changed like five to ten percent. So, but this year we are again expecting a growth of one hundred to forty percent.
1: Wow, wow, wow! So, um, so you know, growing at that rate, because um, you mentioned that one of your separators is—is is, is that a product innovation? And, but yet you've got a bit, you've got a growth machine in place mm-hmm.
0: there. I will give a very romantic answer.
1: Are, are, are Sequoia not putting pressure on you to say, hey, look, you you, you figured it out, you, you're growing fast, you've done it in some limited geographical areas, you know, do a little bit of innovation, but just go, go, you know, uh, replicate that growth machine geographically, and, and we're, we'll we'll make our way to a nice sized company, or are they supporting of you continuing to be innovative? How do how do you how do you manage the two together?
0: I'm going to give a very romantic answer to this yes okay. we are trying to be innovative in terms of the product yes we are trying to also go to new uh, countries that we can expand easily or what we are doing is we are trying to also see, you know being agile for developing the new features which is going to make us you know different from the whole uh, competition and category creations also is very important however Those are not the things that makes us very different, or from the others, or just puts our competitive advantage on the side. The most important thing is entrepreneurs are romantic people, and they only work with the people they like. They only work with the the, with things they like, or with the people that they like. So uh, this is why I would say, as a very romantic, as romantics. The reason why that we have established was established inside was showing the whole world that breakthrough product companies can be also created outside of Silicon Valley. Okay. And by the fact that all. So you,
1: so you wrote the, the intro. You were part of the intro that I did today, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so it was more from Hande Chilingit than, than perhaps matter or, or Anna. No. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Yes, I understand the fact that those you know, those innovations should be there. However, at the end of the day, we are hungry, coming from a very you know uh, hungry backgrounds, and by knowing the fact that for another people or another competitor, or for a big guy not being able to close the sales is not a very big deal because they just it's just sales for them. For us. Yeah, we feel life and death we, Sometimes, yeah, it's a it's a life. It's our life depends on this. So yeah. we know that we don't have any other chance other than closing the sales. So this is why I think the those are the two most important things: our dedication level, do to being romantics, and you know, our uh, the way that uh, we actually see the things makes us unique or a little bit different from the others.
1: Now, Istanbul. Um, <laughs> Is it uh, a good city, in your opinion, to build a business?
0: It is a good city because the investment opportunities are uh, growing very fastly. And there are not that many very big or, let's say, good startups, which carries a, high, a huge potential. And the other thing is we have very big cost advantage compared to the rest of the Europe or the US. Sure. In Europe or in US, uh, you know the, the things are you know much more uh, difficult for the in terms of the, you know cost advantage or let's say disadvantage yeah which is not the case for turkey and it has a potential but it was a, it's a little bit potential of course because it's a small country yeah so if someone is going to focus on u.s turkey market then it's a bigger big big opportunity but not forever as a very limited market
1: sure absolutely um, and what are, you know? Uh, I know you're in twenty two countries. Are there three or four countries where you have a more significant presence than the others, or is it all evenly pretty evenly spread?
0: Depending on the time that we entered those markets, for it, some of them we have significant existence because we have entered them earlier. Yeah. For some countries, they are still you know, at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Now I noticed you speak. Uh, you, you mentioned you speak German. Yeah. I, I can also speak German, so I also speak German And, yeah, yeah. and I'm wondering—I just came from Tech Open Air actually last week uh, yeah. there in Berlin. But um, yeah, one. So I quite—I like Germany as a country. I love traveling there. I, I like their values. Uh, and uh, but one thing that uh, I find it slightly disturbing is that they have this ancient law that uh, does, that doesn't permit. Really, Turkish citizens, uh, German citizens that are of Turkish origin, to be German, uh, and they can't get passports, even second and third generation. Mm-hmm. How do people in Turkey feel about that? Is that does that cause um, <laughs> does that cause a bit of tension between between the two nations? Because I can't I can't quite understand how such a, 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 a an evolved country like Germany mm-hmm. has that law still in place, that kind mm-hmm. of dated law. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that?
0: The thing is. Mm, I would say, what I would say about this is it's not the case only between Turkey and Germany. Ah. I think it's a case for uh, most of the countries, between the most con- of the countries and Turkey. Why? Oh. Turkey is a, I mean, not specifically for Turkey, but for some of the other countries like Turkey, maybe some Middle Eastern countries. Uh, but, the, you know, we all know the fact that Turkey is a very beautiful but very lonely country. Uh, in so, at some ways, I, I think the uh, history of Israel and history of Turkey looks like to each other very much. Okay. Because we have been through many wars and there's yeah. an Ottoman with Empire. Greece, uh, with
1: Greece and with yeah, everybody. Exa-
0: but with everybody because there was an Ottoman, Ottoman Empire reality you know, almost like 650 years ago because we were ruling the half of the world. Yes. So, due to our location, due to our geogra- ge- geographic location, due to our, you know, due to being a country which lives for seasons, due to being in a very, very critical position between the, you know, Canada an and, you know, to yeah. Asia, to Europe, I think Turkey was kind of, a, you know, attraction point for most of the, you know, uh, countries in the past and maybe still. Yeah. so by looking at this uh, and by looking at the, some past you know uh, kind of wars between the countries but this might be the case for some of them uh, however Germany's case might be a little bit different because of the you know Turkish people who went to Germany to work to re- in the you know to 19- the country. yeah with, exactly to the 1960s 1970s and 80s. They have a dominant there uh, and there are a lot of Turkish people living in Germany. I think uh, the love or the laws or you know, the reaction to Turkish people is mostly about maybe, maybe being able to create a more real German-dominated country because there are a lot of Turks there. I think uh, the Turkish people in Germany. Has nothing to do to do with uh, Germany or hasn't done anything to Germany other than helping them to build the economy.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a uh, it's a strange one. Um, so I
0: don't, I can't understand all that kind so of you, things. I'm not very good at answering mm, because uh, I I don't see any reason that we Turkish people should should face no, this. There's
1: no reason. I think even most German people that I know feel the same way. So it's yeah. just one of the, one of those strange things. Yeah. How do you keep a work-life balance? I mean. We were just talking about the travails of being um, uh, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you yourself, you—you uh, uh, you were saying to me you don't sleep as much as you as you as you could do, but you accept that gladly. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about why you why you accept um, the I, long hours and, yeah. the, and the toughness gladly.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a one reality um, about the work and life balance for the founders. I was in Sastre Paris a couple of weeks ago. I was one of the speakers and I know Jason Lamkin very closely. He's a great guy. I would call him the king of Sas always.
1: He knows the very well. He's the, the, the Ecosign well. man.
0: He, yeah, Ecosign so, so man. So I know
1: Tom Gonser who was the guy who went up against him with DocuSign. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Jason, and, and to do it again with Sastre, with Sastr, which is <laughs> a totally different business model to uh, mm. to Ecosign is pretty impressive. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm learning a lot from him even from his tweets. This morning again or a couple of mornings ago he has sent a tweet saying that work and life balance is critical but as a founder it only gets easier once you truly 100% go all in. There's a there's a conflict there if we are honest. So there's a conflict there.
1: the next and final part of this three-part interview with Hande Tillingit, she talks about having a clear culture in your company from day one and finding good people that align with that culture. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Ketsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins, if you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. This podcast is a labor of love, and I travel all over the world to interview the founders. Of amazing SaaS startups. I ask for nothing in return from them other than their valuable time and I never play dirty tricks such as if you get five of your employees to rate the podcast with five stars and send me screenshots we'll publish a month earlier. I'll leave that stuff to others. Several of the biggest podcasts are doing just that. These episodes are so much work to produce and very expensive without the backing of a big tech company. Do your good deed for today by taking a minute now to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us.